All right. Lucky few podcast listeners and friends, it is time to shout some worth and shift some narratives for people with Down syndrome. Thank you for being here today and joining me in the narrative shift. Welcome to the Lucky Few Podcast. We are, as a podcast, so excited for the conversation that I am having today with Dr. Aaron Plummer and Carissa Carroll. They are both on the show today to tell us all about launching Communicating Unexpected News Curriculum to residents. That's medical residents and Down Syndrome Champions in Healthcare. We talk about so much on this episode. This curriculum that they're going to be sharing about, the Communicating Unexpected News Curriculum, it is coming out early 2024, but we wanted you to hear about it here first. I think you're going to love this episode. We're grateful to have them on the podcast today. So let's get to it, friends. Welcome to the Lucky Few Podcast. Hey friends, Micah here. When ACE was around one, I started to worry about the future. I worried about how to even know where to begin in saving for him. When you have a child with a disability, how do you even start to think about saving money for that child's entire life? It can feel overwhelming and terrifying. That's why Enable Special Needs Planning exists. They provide families with simple solutions and a unique approach to special needs planning. Find out more at enablesnp.com. All right, listeners, before we hear from our amazing guests, guess what? One of y'all listening wrote in a review, and today is the day that I'm going to be reading your review, Lacey W. Lacey W. says, getting a diagnosis of Down syndrome was such a scary experience, and what was scarier was Googling it. I'm so grateful I kept scrolling and found this podcast. It has been such a comfort and ease so many of my worries. I feel like I found three new friends. Lacey W., thank you for sharing that. I'm so, so thankful you found us. And Micah and Mercedes are too. We are absolutely your friends. Let's get matching tattoos. Micah will. Mercedes doesn't have any tattoos, which we all very much respect around here, but maybe we can make a temporary tattoo of whatever we get matching. But honestly, Lacey, thank you so much for leaving that review. Thank you for sharing that. It means so much to us and and really goes along with this episode and what it is that we're talking about and talking about those first, very first moments when you find out you have a child with Down syndrome. And I think it was what you said there about Googling it made everything even scarier, as Google will do. I think most of us can agree with that. But there are people like Carissa Carroll in the world doing incredible work. And we are going to hear from her in just a minute. She's doing work to make sure that no parent ever gets a scary diagnosis. Friends, if you are a listener and you haven't left a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate each and every one. All right, podcast friends and listeners, we are joined today by Dr. Aaron Plummer and Jack's Basket founder, Carissa Carroll. 
Let me tell you a little bit about both of these ladies. Dr. Erin Plummer specializes in neonatal critical care at Children's Minnesota. She is passionate about caring for infants hospitalized in the NICU and has never ceased to be impressed by the incredible strength and resilience embodied by these small humans. She is a champion for building relationships and improving communication between the healthcare team and families. She wants to empower families to be strong advocates for themselves and for their children. Dr. Plummer is involved in the education of neonatal fellows, pediatric residents, family practice residents, and medical students. Outside of the hospital, she and her husband spend most of their time chasing around their two wild boys. And then we also have with us today, Carissa Carroll, who is mother of three, one rockin' an extra chromosome, and learned the hard way that a Down syndrome diagnosis is not often met with a congratulations. I think a lot of us listeners on this podcast have had a similar experience. So Carissa took matters into her own hands and created Jack's Basket, a nonprofit organization that hand delivers complimentary gift baskets to families with a new Down syndrome diagnosis. Not only has Carissa changed the diagnosis experience for over 7,600 families in over 40 different countries, but she has also developed educational resources for the medical professionals delivering the diagnosis. She is a third timer here on the podcast. There are very few. She might be one of the first third timers, and we chatted with her back on episode 44 and 180. Both of those episodes, listeners, I suggest going back to, and you can really dive deep into the work she's been doing to shift the diagnosis narrative through her work with Jack's Basket. And we're excited to have her on today. This is going to be a great conversation because we're going to get to talk about the work that's been happening, the new work that's been happening on the medical side with Jack's Basket. So Dr. Plummer and Carissa, welcome to the episode. Thank you. We're excited to be here. Thanks for having us. Yes. Thank you for taking the time. Listeners, you should be, unless this is your very first episode ever, you should be familiar with Jack's Basket and with Krissa Carroll. Even if you haven't listened to the other episodes, we've, we have had them on as a sponsor for different episodes over the last year. And we've been so grateful to get to partner with them and shout the worth of our loved ones with Down syndrome together. So I'm so excited, Krissa. Third timer on the Lucky Few podcast. Let's, I kind of want you to talk a little bit like maybe highest level for the brand new person. I think most our listeners are familiar with Jack's Basket, but can you just do a high level of what that is for all of our new listeners? Well, as you kind of did in the intro, just kind of shared when my husband and I received that news that our new baby, he was actually alone. Um, I wasn't with him and it was abrupt and insensitive and kind of assumptive and, um, Obviously, it's unexpected whenever you get that news. Um, We fell in love with this beautiful, precious little baby boy, and um, he showed us a whole new journey that I wish more people got to experience, right? That's why we're the lucky few, right? (laughs) Um, And what really broke my heart was um, continuing to hear stories from families. They wouldn't change their child. They just change how the diagnosis Mm. was given. And then um, the reality that, you know, in 2014, when Jack was turning one, um, families were still leaving the clinic or the hospital without any information about our loving and supportive Down syndrome community that offers free resources and just um, 
and connections to whatever our journey, you know, you, you come across um, just a variety of things, right? And our parents and our organizations are available. And I just still felt like families were leaving empty handed and mm-hmm. it felt isolating. Um, and so the birth of Jack's basket was in 2014 um, when we went back to the hospital um, and wanted to congratulate a new family. And it led to today. Yeah. At the end of um, this month, we'll welcome our 8,000th baby, wow. which is absolutely incredible. But to really uh, come alongside families, however, they're processing that news and then to celebrate a new life. So in the basket are gifts for a newborn, just like any baby would receive because our babies are deserving of celebration. And so, um, but a lot of what you're gonna hear today is more about equipping providers because I have not yet met a provider that felt good about not having um, the resources or the ability to give it without bias. Like they felt good about that. And so we are shifting the narrative because the story, we know it does start with providers. And our families would say, we want you to start that with a congratulations. We want you to start that with hope because life is good. Mm. That's so great. So that brings us over to Dr. Plummer. So I, reading your intro here, I just, and filled with so much hope. It just is amazing to know that you are in charge of so many up and coming doctors and that this is where your heart is. So tell us a little bit more about you, maybe how you got started in medicine and how did you two meet? Yeah, absolutely. So I did all of my medical training in Ohio and then I moved to Minnesota to do my residency in pediatrics and my fellowship in neonatology. And I knew about Jack's Basket mainly through requesting baskets, and I knew it was a wonderful resource for families, but that was about the extent of it. Until 2019, one of my partners invited me to the annual gala, and I learned so much more about what Jack's Basket does from a provider standpoint, and just fell in love with the mission. So myself personally, I don't have any family members who have Down syndrome. And growing up, I didn't have a lot of experience of interacting with people with Down syndrome. And during my training, I was very much one of those people who wanted to do a good job. And to me, that meant knowing all of the facts about a particular diagnosis, which is what we're trained in. And the message that you know, families, if children with Down syndrome would not change their diagnosis, they would just change the way their diagnosis was given, really, really impacted me. And I wanted to do better. And so I reached out and I wanted to be part of that change. And I wanted to help people like myself and and everyone else who goes into this job do a better, do a better job with our communication. You know, one of the things I think about is no one in healthcare goes into it wanting to do a bad job. We want to help people. And mm-hmm. there's a lack in our training in how to communicate all of these diagnoses that we know so many facts about, but we don't know how to communicate them in a compassionate way. And it's something that we can be mm-hmm. trained in and we can do better. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, Erin, 
um, in reading your bio and it said that you're, we're working in the NICU that you are always impressed by the incredible strength and resilience embodied by these small humans. And I, I can only imagine your job, the um, bedside manner that you need to like the person to person that you are doing in those situations where you have, you're like, Oh, I've seen this. I've seen these things a hundred times and it doesn't always end happy. There's not always a happy ending, but you see it over and over and over again, where parents are just like beside themselves because it's the most terrifying thing ever. And you're like, Oh, I know what the other side looks like. Like I see these babies fight. Do you think that that seeing that over and over, like a baby that basically was deemed as hopeless, no one's saying that, but there's a lot of feeling of that and you know better. Do you feel like that kind of, does that have anything to do with you leaning this direction towards how you want to present a Down syndrome diagnosis? I'm curious. Absolutely. And it, it is, it's, you know, even with my own children and having pediatric training, it's, it's scary. Even if there's nothing unexpected, it's a completely typical course. You are now mm, in charge yeah. of a new human. And if there's an additional diagnosis or something else going on, it only makes it that much more scary. And as a, as a mother, as a parent, you just want to protect this little person and your entire heart and soul and being goes into them. And, you know, I'm in a position where I have seen a lot of these diagnoses. I do know the potential outcomes. And if I can be someone to help support that parent in caring for their child and potentially provide some sort of comfort throughout that journey, that's just such a gift to be in that position. And I want to do it the Mm -hmm. best I absolutely can so that I can be that support person. Yeah. So then that brings us to this curriculum, this new curriculum that Jack's Basket is launching for the residents community. I'm going to I'm going to ask you Dr. Plummer if you can tell us a little bit about this new curriculum. Yeah, so through Jack's Basket, we have created a lot of resources for parents and for providers to help give the diagnosis in a more compassionate and unbiased way. And one of our our focuses that we know is that communication can be a modifiable skill. We know we can do this better and we need to do it better. The big question is how? And what this curriculum is geared towards doing is how do we communicate unexpected news in a better way? So our goal is to review relevant literature that's out there because it is, it's, it's starting to catch up with where we are. There's a lot more people recognizing that medical communication is an important piece of being a physician, being a medical provider. And there are tools out there to help providers communicate in a more compassionate way. And not only so that we can show up for our patients and their families, but also to help support ourselves as providers. Because a lot of these conversations can be difficult when you give unexpected news. There's often just a flood of raw emotions that the provider should be there and should be able to help guide a family through. But as a human, it can be very difficult, especially in a situation if you're in a clinic visit and you're running behind or you're jumping from patient to patient and there's something else going on that needs your attention. How do you show up as your best person? Because every family deserves that. And in a situation where you know you might have some anxiety going into these conversations, how do we recognize that? as a physician being a human, how do we honor those feelings and how do we still show up 
as the best person who can be for that family. Okay, so Krista, how is this curriculum different from the other resources that Jack's Basket has created for medical providers? Mm. Well, I think when Dr. Plummer mentioned um, we can create tools, um, it's the how, it's the practical scenarios and the literature that's out there to to apply it different than the resources we've done. So when I think about resources as like the prenatal consult film was more of a tool for providers to give to their families. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in this is more the training and the education to how to deliver it. Mm-hmm. Like with the tools that we've, so we've done journal publications that recognize there's bias, but it's ultimately what I would say is this tool not only recognizes the current state to which there is bias, but we're also equipping so that it can be Mm. applied in the story can start different. So it's the... And it's more of a a um, practical training, encouraging self-reflection for you know, different experiences and interactions that you've had and offering suggestions for improvement. Could I um, tell me if this sounds right the way I'm hearing it and just knowing you and knowing the journey of Jack's Basket, it's almost as though there's been a bunch of stepping stones. Each one can stand alone, but you started with your baskets Mm -hmm. and then that led you to be like, wait, there's a gap here. Let's fill this gap. There's a gap Mm -hmm. here. Let's Mm -hmm. tell the story. You made the videos. And now it's like, this is, you found another gap in which this curriculum. So you're just building on what has already existed as you see the need to fill those gaps. Does that sound Mm -hmm. accurate? Yeah, it does. Um, The thing that I think I've recognized with having a background in education and seeing resources and communities, and um, I just felt like I recognized the lack of the training Mm -hmm. Again, tying that with so many of my friends in healthcare went into the profession to care for their patients. They just didn't have the tools. And so I feel like this curriculum is we've recognized the need for change. And Dr. Plummer's vision behind equipping these providers, it's really putting it into action to say, we're going to be a part of the change because currently right now we communicating unexpected news curriculum there isn't mm-hmm. one and it can be applied to so many different diagnoses and i always think you know our kiddos with down syndrome we receive this unexpected news at the time of birth or prenatally and ultimately in life it's a it's a life skill we're all getting unexpected news at a variety of times in our lives and to do something about it, to put language to it, to, in a sense, in this specific experiences, help providers do this better. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense of sense. Um, Dr. Plummer, I'm wondering, you can speak to that as if you'd like to. And then also, as you've been working through this curriculum, if you have any stories that you would share with us of what strategies or techniques that you have actually found useful helping residents deliver news in a way that isn't necessarily like, quote, bad news narrative? 
And one thing we should say too, Erin, is that it was designed for residents, but who is now, I mean, what kind of initially started as residents? Do you want to maybe just explain a little more of who the targeted audience this curriculum is for? That'd be great. Yes. So um, just to, to reiterate what Carissa was saying, this this curriculum is different from our other resources because we do have peer-reviewed articles out there. We have videos that are, are beautiful and they can be used in conjunction with giving a diagnosis. What this curriculum is, is really a, a practical online training that a medical learner can go through to have a review of the literature and also provide opportunities for reflection for different experiences they've had, what went well, what could have gone better, what was I feeling, what was my my patient feeling, and then also providing practical tips in order to make that conversation better. Mm -hmm. So it is more of that really physical, practical training so that we can modify this skill. It's the, how do we make this better? And part of the curriculum too, we are going to be encouraging learners to take this training to their own peers, their own hospital system so that they can continue their own peer-to-peer education. So It'll have that natural benefit of spreading our message and how do we communicate unexpected news better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things that I've seen in real time for learners that I've worked with in order to improve this skill is listening to parent parent stories and patient stories because it's so incredibly impactful just to sit down and hear what someone's experience was, being open to if it was a negative experience, a lot of times we shut down. If we, we hear someone not have a good experience, say, nope, absolutely. I would never do it that way. And you're wrong, but that's their experience. And a lot of people do have negative experiences. So I think instead of shutting down and being defensive, being open and being curious about how, how could we have done it better, I think is so incredibly powerful. And then applying it to yourself in your own style and your own way of communicating. Um, and this, this curriculum, we had originally started, um, with the intended audience being solely medical residents. However, as we've been creating this curriculum and, and seeing how applicable, applicable it can be to all different providers, we are really now intending it to be for all medical learners, especially, and then also young medical professionals. Mm-hmm. Is there, is in the curriculum, I'm just curious, is there like a script? Is there like a list of, do you say this, don't say this? Or it's not, it's more like getting to the heart of of understanding or a little bit of both, I'm wondering? A little bit of both. We do have uh, a phrases to use or not use and different ways of saying things. Um, you know, for example, using person first language. Uh, it's a child with Down syndrome, not a Down syndrome child. And, mm-hmm. you know, just pointing out those things that can can be part of our everyday medical language that we don't even think about. So trying to point out those specific phrases and then offering an alternative. And that that is actually a small piece of the curriculum. We do an introduction of why communication is important, mm-hmm. addressing implicit biases in medicine and encouraging learners to have a period of self-reflection and, you know, what, what could my implicit biases be? 
and recognizing that even though I don't think I have biases, they're likely there and, and really getting curious about that. Then we go through different case scenarios and ask quiz questions based on uh, relevant literature that's up to date and doing some more self-reflection with case scenarios based on each one of those cases. And then going into different communication skills, doing a mock conversation and different toolkits and considerations for when you're having these conversations. Krista, do you want to add anything to that? Well, I just, you know, listening to Dr. Plummer and her doing this every day, serving our babies and their families, and then um, her heart to just create something that's needed um, has also been encouraged by each of us parents sharing our stories. And I think that is the, that's the lucky few, right? Like where your heart is in shifting the narrative of, I always reflect back of decades ago, um, parents possibly didn't have this ability or platform to share. And it's just like, we're a a generation of parents and community that is speaking up and that is really creating change. And I was talking to Erin about just, oftentimes you see a lot of this work potentially being led by someone that has a family member with Down syndrome or somebody really close. And just to be encouraged that Erin had been caring for our babies and said, this needs Mm -hmm. to change. And so it's like, just to know that um, there are healthcare professionals out there. I think sometimes when the story starts off not so well with a provider, there's sometimes feelings towards a healthcare provider that ah, I always have to advocate. And it's like, if I would have had Dr. Plummer as who was a part of that diagnosis experience, wow, just really setting the tone and the story. Um, And so I always just reflect of just, um, I'm excited and I'm hopeful for new stories to begin with providers that are going to have a part of this toolkit to welcome these precious babies mm-hmm. that are worthy of celebration. Yeah. And so um, I'm grateful. It makes me thankful for what we're doing and also just for the future of our community because we know that there's plenty of things out there that is decreasing our population. And it's like, okay, let's recognize what's happening and let's do something about it. And so this curriculum is a result of acting on what we know is needed. And these babies deserve a story that starts out with celebration. It's so good. Yes. And amen. While you were talking, I was thinking about how we've had a guest on, her name is Naomi Spinazzi. And she's a doctor, Dr. Spinazzi. Yeah. And she runs a Down syndrome clinic in Northern California. And she, we did a whole episode with her about trust between a parent and a medical provider and how that moment can automatically erode trust. And how do you even move forward with this doctor who's supposed to now care for your baby, right? Or be a part of their medical journey for the next 18 years or however long it's going to be when from the very beginning, they didn't necessarily you could question if they even saw your baby as valuable because of the way in which they spoke about him or her. So 
that piece too, that it's not just like a moment at a diagnosis, but that travels throughout your relationship with your medical provider and how critical trust is when it comes to who are medical providers. Like we've got as families, we have to trust our medical providers, right? It's, I mean, how can you go to them if you don't? Right. Well, and in our organization, we call medical providers that are advocates, we call them our Down syndrome champions, which in a sense, we should consider every medical provider a champion for our babies. Yet our families don't always feel Mm -hmm. that like you just recognized. And so ultimately that our our families would know that when they're being cared for, that this provider is going to to help in this baby and their family getting the best possible care and needs for the future. And I believe that that can be possible. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it can be because it's happening. And then like Mm -hmm. to speak to what you said, Krista, about, you know, 30, 40 years ago, parents were shifting narratives, parents of children with Down syndrome and shouting the worth of their kids. They just had a very small platform and we have a global platform. It's massive. And so to see Mm -hmm. the change that's happening is very hopeful and to meet people like Dr. Plummer is very hopeful and to know what you guys are doing is incredibly hopeful. So with that, what are your hopes for the impact that this curriculum could have on the lives of families receiving an unexpected Down syndrome diagnosis? And both of you can take this one. You want to go first, Carissa? Uh, Sure, I can. Our hope is that when a new diagnosis is given, it's given in a way to honor the life of a uh, an individual with Down syndrome, right? That um, every story is started without personal bias of the person in that position, um, that every provider understands the role and the opportunity to start the story well, mm-hmm. and um, that this family is welcomed into our loving and supportive community. Because we know it and we live it every day. And I am just encouraged and excited about those champions in healthcare saying we can do this better and we know we can and we're on board. And then Dr. Plummer, as someone in the medical side who's teaching this curriculum to up and coming doctors and current medical providers, what are your hopes for impact? My, my hopes with this curriculum are that every family will feel supported following this diagnosis. You know, as, as a healthcare provider, I want to partner with my, my patients and their families, and I want to be able to be that support person. And following any unexpected diagnosis, it can be scary and isolating. However, if you do have that trust with your provider and you can start that that partnership right off the bat, I think it'll be so helpful for so many families going through their journey. And, you know, it's still may be difficult, but having someone at your back and feeling confident that you are going to be cared for, your child is going to be cared for can make such an incredible difference for, for every family story. In it. And I hope that we can do that for these families. I love it.
love it. I love it. Okay. Krista, let's get, if you don't mind, and you don't have to answer this, but if we got real personal, because, well, this is personal for you. <laughs> this is, yeah, this has become your life's work, but how do you think that your diagnosis story would have been different if your provider had this type of curriculum available to them? Well, you know, I think we would have had a moment to experience um, just a meaningful moment with our baby first. Um, I feel like that was stolen from us because of how it was abruptly given to my husband alone, right? So let me start the answer to that question a, a little bit different. Um, so you, um, how would have our story maybe started differently if our provider would have gotten this curriculum? Mm -hmm. It's kind of, sorry, it's kind of a trick question. I mean, there's not, because you obviously don't know, and I can even think of how Jack's basket wouldn't exist. Like there's so much good and meaning that came from your negative experience. Yeah. But I would say that we would have been congratulated on the arrival of our son, which is what I yeah. want every family to experience. Right. Um, I also feel that as a result of the way that we were given Jack's diagnosis, it has just driven my passion to change it for new families. So as much as that meaningful moment of welcoming our new baby was really in a sense robbed of us um, to just, you know, celebrate him, um, it's really just encouraged me to speak up for families that that's what they deserve. And I'm thankful to be able to serve in the way that we do at Jack's Basket for new families. And reflecting on that experience, it is a part of our story, which has really encouraged us to do something about it. And I love the work that we get to do every day. And honestly, it's a part of a perfect plan of Jack's life and how he's impacted all of us for the better because he's really just challenged me to speak up. And um, it could have been different in the fact that we would have been congratulated on his birth. And that's what I wish we would have experienced versus processing it the way we had to. But ultimately, um, it's really changing the world in the way that families are receiving this diagnosis. And I wouldn't change any of that. Yeah. I appreciate that answer. Like I said, it is a little bit of a trick question. I think anytime you're on the other side of a, a negative situation and, and the outcome has turned positive, then it is, yeah, you're not going to change it because look where you, where you landed, but also it would have been nice if that wasn't how it happened. It's like that both and situation. And I even think, and this is like very, very transparent and my dear listeners. Um, but I even think about my two kids, they came to me through adoption and had their parents been told a different story at diagnosis, would they have chose to parent? And I, I mean, it could bring me to tears every time because I'm so grateful that, that that was their start and that is tragic. And I wish it hadn't been their start and I wish that their parents could have parented. And I'm glad that I am like, it's just that whole conflicting, confusing thing of, like the, the beauty from ashes, the good and the bad, and it's all just happening at the same time. Um, so thank you for answering that question. Cause that was, it was a trick question. <laughs> <laughs>
or a tricky question to answer. But it goes back to, I mean, to pull it all together, that what parents deserve is to hear that their child is a child. Congratulations on your baby. And to be given accurate information, non-biased information about what it means to have a child with Down syndrome, Mm -hmm. that the doctor doesn't get to decide what that means for them. They get to decide what that means. Um, So here's your baby. Congratulations. And I think that is what you guys, well, it is the work that you guys are doing. I think that I'm saying that accurately. Correct Mm -hmm. me if I'm wrong. Well, in, in the years that we've been able to do the work at Jack's Basket, we've heard all kinds of stories, right? And, um, you know, the joy that I get to experience in, so again, how my story started hearing from uh, uh, other families that the way they were given that news was not honoring of the life of their child and then getting an opportunity to do our diagnosis advocacy presentations and the provider-to-provider trainings at the same hospital where possibly a parent really had a hard delivery of that diagnosis to then you know, if it's months or years later to have another family have a completely different positive diagnosis experience, all of it is just worth it, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it, it creates a, a motivation to keep working every single day so that our goal is we reach every provider caring for a new family that's going to receive this unexpected news. And so whatever way our story started um, to really, if it started out negative or you had a positive experience, all of that can create better change. And so I think that's something to, for every parent listening, that your story is important to be shared and can help us as we reach every provider and as we celebrate every baby uniquely created with an extra chromosome so that uh, it's a life lived well and um, is beautiful. Yeah, it is. It is so beautiful. I love how you talk about doctors like Dr. Plummer as Down syndrome champions Mm -hmm. in healthcare. And as we're getting towards the end of this conversation, I would love if there's a story I'm putting on the spot mm-hmm. that stands out to you from a champion in healthcare that you would share, Carissa. And Aaron, and Dr. Plummer, if you think of one too, do you have something, Carissa? The one that comes to mind is the original Down syndrome champion. So I was um, headed to the Down syndrome clinic here in Minneapolis, and um, I had this idea kind of listening to family stories, and I was like, I want to welcome and celebrate another baby in their family. And so Rebecca Olson, um, she was in the Down syndrome clinic. And I told her, I said, I want to celebrate a new baby and put all these baby gifts because this is a baby, right? And I want all the free resources, all of them, because there's so many different ones, put it all in one basket. And Rebecca was like, thank you. I I know about all these different resources. They're all in one spot. And then I can request, I can be a part of celebrating this baby. So she really was the first one to get on board to then start requesting baskets for all of her patients that would come in the clinic. And then she'd set up meetings with her colleagues that were in the NICU or 
they were in a different health system. And really it's grown to, we have over 400 Down syndrome champions around the U.S. And her, what her message to us was, is finally a place where our, our needs of our families are different and we want to make sure there's one centralized location for it and it's all in a basket. Mm-hmm. And I get to be a part of celebrating this new life. Very cool. So, Very, yeah. very cool. Dr. Plummer, do you have a story you can think of um, from a fellow, another champion, Down syndrome champion? Yeah, and, and not even necessarily from a, a pre-designated champion, but what really fills my heart about working with Jack's Basket and, and doing this work is that I see my partners and the residents and the students that I work with, every time there's a new child born with Down syndrome and they have an interaction, they come find me and they say, Aaron, I thought about you and I thought about Jack's Basket and I took a pause before I went into the room because I wanted to make sure mm that we had a good conversation and that it went as well as it could. And just hearing that people are really taking this message to heart, it is changing in real time and we are making an impact. It it, is just so wonderful. I love these stories so much. And I'm wondering then how can providers access this incredible resource? How do providers get this resource? How do we get it into the hands of all the doctors? Well, we have a specific spot on our website that is resources specifically for providers. So they can request any of the materials. Um, But the other big portion of it too is we present, um, I mean, the gift of virtually presenting anywhere in the world um, to providers. So thinking of staff meetings, we've presented at Grand Rounds, which is all the physicians and staff in the room at a time to really equip them with those tools. So all of that can be on our website, um, found on that website. And then the the other tools that we've created of a prenatal consult film to give to your families prenatally or the medical module through the American Board of Pediatrics, all of that is housed on our medical provider page on the Jack's Basket website. And we do have all, um, so many different kinds of people listening to the podcast, and we definitely do have medical providers who listen. We mostly have parents and caregivers, I think, is our number one listenership. Do you have a, a piece of advice for a parent listening who's like, I feel I don't know how to present this, but I would love for my medical team to be aware. Do you have like a little word of advice for them? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it starts from way back when, when I would, after having Jack, it was like, what do you do when a baby's diagnosed mm. here? Questions really provide pause and reflection and um, knowing that if this is your pediatrician, they maybe have a good relationship with you of, hey, I'd love to tell you about Jack's Basket and sending them the link. And parents, I'd love, you can celebrate, you know, our community is so wonderful. Um, You can request a basket for someone that you know, as you've heard in all of the ads, um, partnership between the Lucky Few podcast and us. Um, these baskets can be requested by anyone, but ultimately think of the provider that you have the best relationship with and ask for a few minutes and say, I'd love to tell you about a resource. Um, a lot of our families that have been impacted by us will say, this was the first time someone celebrated mm-hmm. my baby, which is the part that sure. breaks our heart, right? Like we shouldn't be the first person. Um, and so 
um, encouraging families to go on the website, look around if you're a parent, um, but then also we have materials to make it really easy to present to your per- mm-hmm. provider to get those resources. Super helpful. And that website is? Jacksbasket.org. Jacksbasket, no S. Jacksbasket, singular, dot org. Very cool. Where all right. the gold is, y'all. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you, guys. Is there anything else that you would like to add, Dr. Plummer? Nothing else to add um, other than, you know, for the curriculum we're working on, it's still in development. We're hoping to have it available through the website um, in early 2024. Perfect. That's important. Good information. Thank you very much. Um, We're going to take a break. We do something called good news here. Chris, do you have some good news you would want to share about Jack? I'll give you a minute to think. Always. You'll think of something always, right? Okay. we'll We'll be right back. I don't know about you guys, but planning for the future has always been overwhelming for me. I am overwhelmed by the details of investments, savings accounts, and trusts. I spent a lot of moments afraid of a future that I often don't know how to plan for. And having a child with a disability can make all of those things feel so much bigger and more terrifying. That's why Enable Special Needs Planning exists. They provide families with simple solutions and a unique approach to special needs planning. When Chris and I met with our team at Enable, they talked to us about so much more than ACE's needs. They talked about our dreams as a couple and as a family. They worked with us around the savings we were creating for our other children. And they gave us the kind of expert advice we needed to feel secure and prepared. Enable wants to help you create a comprehensive plan for your entire family. Find out more at enablesnp.com. Time for good news, time for good news. Everybody, welcome to the good news. Yeah, yeah. All right, listeners, it is time for good news. Um, This is the part of the episode where we get to celebrate the little things and the big things and everything in between that our loved one with Down syndrome is up to. Krista, what is some good news that you would like to share with us about Jack? Well, I just feel like uh, recently uh, being out, you know, if it's running errands, um, Jack's now in fourth grade and I feel like wherever I go with him, Somebody will spot him, a classmate or someone from an activity. And even if I'm not quite prepared, if it was a bad parenting moment or whatever, it's like, oh, somebody recognizes Jack in the community. And I have to say, you know, just reflecting with it being Down Syndrome Aware, just recently Down Syndrome Awareness Month of um, knowing what families' lives and experiences were going out in public with their child with Down syndrome, or if a sibling was like, people are always staring. It was, I truly paused and reflected of like the relationships that Jack is creating and the friendships in the community. I was just super thankful that he, wide open arms, hug, you know, he was seeing his buddies out in the community. And that just brought me, that's great news. I'm thankful for that. That is such good news. Um, I have good news about my daughter, Macy. It's in a very different vein. And that, so she's 15 and just every bit of a teenage girl, all of it, just all the teenage girl. 
Um, and then she's got this little in her extra chromosome, the ones that make up every cell in her entire body. <laughs> it's not even like stubborn. She just it gets real. She's real headstrong. Okay. Okay. <laughs> she's got the things she's doing and she would rather just do that. So the other day, and that often involves music and she um, loves to listen to Spotify on her cell phone. And I came home and she was in the kitchen on her phone. And usually it's like, it's a whole battle to get her to do anything besides look at her, like listen to music. And yeah. I said, Macy, I just got home. Can you, can you put your music away and say hi to me? And without fussing or yelling at me or anything, <laughs> she hit pause. She stood up, she came and gave me a hug and went and sat back down. And that is my good news. <laughs> hey, oh, bless. and, and that is those little things are the things that this extra chromosome have yes. helped us to pause and be thankful for. And that's something that I can't say that sure. we would have always celebrated, right? I'm just like, just pause it and come greet me. And she that's did right. it. And she <laughs> did it without fussing and she was nice to me. So yeah. that's going to be that's my good news. Thank you so much, Christopher, for sharing that. Listeners, if you have good news, we love, love, love to hear from you. You can head to the Lucky Few pod on Instagram, leave us a DM or something in the comments about your good news or email hello at the lucky and we can share it here in a future episode. I just loved this conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. And I wanted to make sure that you know, the unexpected news curriculum that we were talking about today on the episode, it is going to be coming out next March, the so March of 2024, right around World Down Syndrome Day to celebrate World Down Syndrome Day and the 10th year anniversary of delivering the first Jack's Basket. So make sure you're following along over at Jack's Basket and stay tuned for that exciting time. And with that, we are going to wrap it up. Um, thank you so much to our Down Syndrome champion, Dr. Plummer, and to Krista Carroll of Jack's Basket for doing all this work. It is changing the narrative around our around Down Syndrome in our community and how people get that diagnosis. It means so much. So thank you for taking the time to be on the show. Thank you for the work that you're doing. Um, thank you also to Josh Avis for editing this episode and Ashley Bracalosi for producing it. And friends, if you like this episode, share it with family and friends, go ahead and hit that little share button and send it over in an email to a healthcare provider of yours. Um, don't forget to subscribe, check out the lucky few podcasts for show notes. We'll have links to anything here that you may have missed. Go to luckyfewpodcast.com for those show notes. And make sure you're following on social media at the lucky few pod and listener, wherever you're at today, you are slaying it and we are cheering you on. We love you so much. Can't wait to be together next week. Until then, goodbye.